describe in common what you love and what you don't. Come out with the boys in the woods. Welcome, everybody, to the Boys in the Woods podcast. Today we have Asher Brooks, comedian, ghost, and Charles. Charles. Hello, everybody. Charles. How are we today? Asher, Mr. Brooks, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you and your time, and we look forward to getting to know you. Well, thank you. I look forward to getting you guys, getting to know you guys too. I, I didn't bring, I didn't put my makeup on today, so it'll just be my voice for now. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. I think most of our listeners come from the, from the radio-ish anyways. Um, but moving forward, so one, one of the most interesting topics um, in my family from I don't know when I could start remembering till even now is ghost adventures. And from the sounds of it, you have many ghost adventures yourself. Uh, That's true. I've actually worked. um, I've run two different ghost tours. I currently work for a company up in Door County, which is that little sticky out part of Wisconsin where all the bachelorettes go to spend their money. Yeah. Um, if you are a bachelorette, please come and spend money there. Um, but uh, we do ghost tours there. And before that, I lived down in Georgia, where I actually wrote and started my own ghost tour company down there. It was going very well to a little thing called the pandemic happened. And then everyone was a ghost. So it um, really killed everybody's business. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, my goodness. Yes. The recovery yeah. slow while fantastic has been interesting to watch so what led you into ghosts uh well i went to college to become a actor and a comedian because i'm only really good at one thing and that is talking so my parents are very supportive they said (laughs) you need to go somewhere where your only skill can be grown um so they they let me get student loans to go to theater college um And so while I was doing that, I really wanted something to make money on the side. And so, you know, it was one of the few things that had a really low overhead because it was a walking tour. Right. So all I had to do was write the stories. And then so like doing research into these things, like in Columbus, there was a um, a serial killer called the Stocking Strangler. And he was, you know, not to get too gruesome, but he would choke people to death. And then he would tie their stockings around their neck as a little kind of token of his of his visit. And once I read that story, you know, things just started to come out of the woodwork. Everybody in their mom has a ghost story. And once you get the ones that are really solid, you layer them together. And then people just love to hear it. They eat them up. So now you're doing this in in Door County, which if anybody follows AJ Dillon on Twitter, you know (laughs) that some of the best food in Wisconsin comes from Door Door County. (laughs) absolutely we have fish boils we have cherries we've got wine we've got wine and wine (laughs) Wine. i'm starting to see why the bachelorettes find door county pleasing so now the ghost stories that that you are currently adventuring in those areas um what 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 brought you interest into that well, I actually am. I was very lucky. So during the during the pandemic, of course, I you know, nobody was working, nobody was working professionally. And so I was working a backup job at a cell phone store and my wife and I had just got engaged. So I had deleted Tinder and I was swiping through Indeed instead. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm glad you got that joke. I'm not a sociopath. Um, no. <laughs> that was not a true thing I said. Uh, no, but I was swiping through Indeed and I saw it. 
I saw the job, you know, ghost tour guide up in Door County. And so I, you know, I clicked on it, I applied, and then he called me, the owner of the company, probably about yeah. three days later and said, hey, just so you know, this job you applied for, it's in Wisconsin. Um, I see you're <laughs> located in Georgia. I said, yeah. He said, have you ever been there? I said, no. He said, do you want like a day or two to think about it? I said, no, I'll be there Thursday if you're going to offer wow. me the job. <laughs> and so uh, my wife, my wife, God bless her, was like, sure. Hey, for the, you know, for the amount of money that it was going to be for our family, we said, let's do it. Let's move up there. And then when I got up there, it was fantastic. The I learned the stories in probably about a month or so, went with some of the older guides and there are. Like I come from an entertainment background, but there's some of the guys that are up here doing this. They've been doing this for the last like 15 years straight. Yeah. And I can't hand, hold a candle to them. You know, they are oh, fantastic and spooky and scary, but I'm doing my best to keep up with them. I've got to be funny to keep up with their experience. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm sure the, the knowledge you're getting from them is, is incredible. Well, so being new to the Wisconsin area, um, what 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 do you enjoy the most about your area up there in Old Door County? Um, y'all drink, y'all drink real hard. Yeah. Like, I I know some good old boys that'll buy a handle of whiskey a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll kind of go through a handle a week. And yeah. I moved up here, and people are like, "Yeah, you want to go to the bar tonight?" I'm like, "It's Tuesday. Yeah. It, it's Tuesday, and I'm in my late twenties. I want to go to bed." And they're like, "No, we're going out to get absolutely ripped." Um, <laughs> Um, I also everybody's everybody's very nice. It's very strange. Like Door County is a very small area. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's very strange. We'll get all these people up there during the summer. We get all these people you've never talked to before, never seen before. They're coming up and they're having a great time. And then there's a couple of locals and you say them maybe once a week. And when you see them, you just kind of wave at them. And you're like, like, you know, soldiers passing each other in the trench. It's like, I'll see you back at base camp. All right, back into it. You know, bullets flying overhead. Good luck, soldier. And then in the winter, you know, it's just us. We're just kicking yeah. around. There's a great community of, like, gamers and people who like to, like, play board games and stuff up yeah. here. And so it's been it's been really cool. We felt very welcome, which was strange. I did have to change my accent so people could understand me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I first moved up and I was like, "How do y'all?" And they were like, "No, you're gonna need to fix. You're gonna need to fix yeah. that." Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. That's too funny. So your your favorite your your favorite ghost story from Door County, without giving too much away from from your work, because everything you've you've talked about so far has led me to want to bring my wife up to Door County for one of these ghost adventures. It's gonna be a family oh, trip. You should absolutely do that. I will get you guys on my trolley, and then you guys can you can you can see what I do. My favorite story. Well, hmm. there's there's a couple different favorite ones. My favorite one that I tell is probably a shipwreck story. It's about the shipwreck of the Eriel Hackley. Ooh. And it's it's um basically without giving too many yes. too much away, these people go out, the ship crashes and wrecks, but one man doesn't get aboard. And it's kind of about the, the story really kind of focuses, or at least the way I tell it, focuses on why he didn't get on board that ship. Yeah. And whether or not, you know, he could have saved his brother who got aboard the ship. He 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 let his brother get aboard, but had a kind of a dream the night beforehand about what was going to happen. Now, of course, it was just a dream. 
And that's the real thing. Cause I get people on board that don't believe in ghosts. Um, I get people that are fervent believers, Yeah, you know? And so I love to tell a story in a way that makes you, you know, either if you're a skeptic, you can say, Oh, okay, well I see how that could happen. But if you're a fervent believer, you're like, well, obviously somebody contacted him. Someone was trying to protect him. Right. Yeah. So that is the weird thing. We'll be doing these stories and people will take pictures of me or pictures of the house as I'm talking. And then they'll walk up and be like, hey, look at this orb I captured. Look at this this ghostly hand that was reaching out to you. And as a coward, I always have to tell them, please delete that. Please get rid of that. This is my place of business. <laughs> please don't tell me that someone is waiting behind me. I cannot handle that. I don't need the stress. Really, it's, always really been, it's, it's always been a thought of mine. Ghosts, uh, like out loud, uh, I don't believe in ghosts, but everything inside of me believes in ghosts. Tells so you there's, this, there's, this, there's this inner battle. So I've always wondered if I was working a job and the situation that you see sometimes occurs, would I pee my pants? Would I run? Or would I embrace my ignorance? I don't know. I don't know how I would take that. Well, I mean, I, I just to put my hand up, I personally don't believe in ghosts. As a coward, I can't. Like I truly, <laughs> like literally, I, my job requires me to go into these spooky old places. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I really love about it is one of the places we visit, we get to go inside a haunted house and it's very, very cool. And I'm not talking like a, you know, rubber mask and chainsaw clown yeah. kind of haunted house, like a, a place that is documented as having ghosts and apparitions appear in it. It's currently a museum. They're very, very kind. They let us in after hours. But Ooh. one of the things I love about it is that if you just walk through, you get this weird feeling in the back of your neck, you know, all the hackles oh. raise up and you're like, yeah. oh man, this is real spooky. And then, you know, I've been in there so many times. I've noticed what it is. Everything in that house is six to seven inches shorter than it should be because it's so old. Yeah. You know, yeah. People who are shorter than us, right? We get taller yeah. and taller every generation. So if you walk through that house by yourself, everything feels wrong. Everything feels like uncool and unpleasant. But if you really just look at it, it's just that everything's too short. Yeah. Um and so and that's the kind of thing that I love learning is that like maybe the reason we feel so uncomfortable is because the perspective is off. And then, you know, you get that one little bug in your ears like, oh, somebody says it's haunted. And now you get this weird feeling. You don't know what's going on. Maybe you're moving through and you trip on something because it's not where you think it's supposed to be. Maybe the letters are a little too low. And all of a sudden you've had yourself a full blown ghost experience just because, you know, things aren't made standard. Yeah, like, this is it. It's real. This is not a drill. Get out now. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, so now you absolutely seem like comedy is your life. Yes. What led you into comedy? Oh, for sure. Uh, undiagnosed ADHD as a child. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, I, well, I <laughs> couldn't shut up in classes like my yeah. mother. She's a, she was a teacher as well. And so she received when oh, I was. Thank 80, you to your mother, by the way, not to yes. cut you off. Teachers no, no, no. are underappreciated and underpaid in this country. No, absolutely. She was a great teacher. And because we came from a rather small school district, she had to teach me. So she really got the works like, <laughs> you know, my grandma she, retired the year before I got there. I, I, I understand. That. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. She literally I was one of those kids that wouldn't do their homework if I knew I was 
doing well enough on tests that I didn't have to do it. And I did that in her class and she made me do the homework and still gave me a zero. She said, that's not, <laughs> that's not how you're going to play in my class, but and I'm going to pass you. Cause I got to see ass at home. Anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she was like, you're not failing, but uh, no, I couldn't stop talking in class. So she got a little report from a teacher that says, Asher is a great student. He loves learning. One problem. He has no concept of like, a conversation and when i'm teaching he doesn't seem to understand it. he can't just talk back to me when i'm teaching the class <laughs> and literally what they were discussing was the way to convince me to be quiet was to let me have like one joke a class oh. and if i said my one joke and it was funny i would be quiet because I, I considered myself a success yeah <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, the more I talked, the more I realized people, people, you know, yelled at me less if what I said was funny. So my interruptions <laughs> got funnier and funnier until it became a learned skill. A learned skill. So like do that. you do you pursue the the stand up in in Door County? Oh, yes. I mean, and shameless plug. Um, yes. I host a comedy show that runs uh, the twos, last Tuesday of every month. Our next show is the 27th. Uh, at Door County Fire Company up on the second floor in Sturgeon Bay. So if you or a set of bachelorettes are coming into town, you're there welcome you to come and see the show. <laughs> we got a lot of great local comics that come out. We <laughs> we we did an open mic uh, last month, and we had a, a wonderful lady come out. She was about four and a half feet tall, and she walked onto the stage. The first thing she said, there was a guy in the audience wearing a uniform. She was like, Is, are you a cop? And before he can say anything, she goes, anyway, I was smoking a joint the other day. And just, <laughs> just launched into this 10 minute story about trying to pass a drug test. And it, I mean, I've never been so thoroughly upstaged by someone so much smaller than me. Yeah. And which isn't fair. They already got the eyes on them. She was perfect. She was incredible. And when she walked in, I had no idea. You know how sometimes it is with open mics. You're like, wow, Ooh. we're really rolling the dice here. You know, right. yeah. she walked out she blew every single other comic out of the water like i've been doing this for years and i was like damn i should have made you the closer i i got no <laughs> business being on this stage after you <laughs> so, uh, so you bring up an interesting topic the stage life mm -hmm. when so it's got to be easier i would think when the person before you falls into their bowl of cereal we'll say but yeah, now, let's, now let's say they brought enough cereal for the whole crowd. How how does that affect you? And, and how do you move forward? Is that just one of those close your eyes and punch through the dark things? Or have you created a, a hype? Well, it's I, I'll say it has changed. When I was a young comic, I it young comedy is very competitive like mm -hmm. we're all smiley we're all jokey but secretly i want to be the funniest guy in the room and if you're doing better than me i kind of hate it yeah. like and I've, I've worked to try and stop being that way but as yeah. i've gotten older now that i'm like hosting shows and running shows now what's more important to me is that the show goes well who cares if i have a good set if right. the rest of the show is bombers right. right absolutely absolutely you're 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 you're, you're out there with the intent to bring your laughter not chase their laughter and that's fantastic absolutely yeah and it's you've got to be supportive that's and the the thing that's really important is now that you're building shows like building rosters you mm -hmm. need someone you know is good to be an opener and the opener's job is so important because they truly aren't going to get the laughs they deserve 
because right. even a second rate or a third rate comic, and that's not the right way to talk about them, but maybe, maybe someone right. who doesn't have his emotional in, in lieu in, in lieu of yeah. emotional attachment to words, absolutely. Sure. I yeah, 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 yeah. If someone who doesn't have the most experience can go up there and absolutely blast if they're the mm-hmm. fourth or fifth person because everyone's warm, everyone's had a drink, everyone's ready to laugh. Mm-hmm. You can put an excellent comic first, and even then, sometimes you're still digging yourself a hole, like because it's cold. And you have to have people who are really good at that. But who mm-hmm. wants to be an opener for the rest of their life? You know what I mean? Who wants to become a perfect opener when right. all you're going to do is, you know, hype up a crowd for the guy who's going to take all the credit, the closer, because that's the guy you're going to talk about in the car on the way home. A hundred percent. Yes. Even sitting here thinking now, the only time I've ever remembered an opener is when I'm talking to the person who opened and they tell me I opened four. Yeah, <laughs> you sit next to him at the bar. You're like, "Hey, man, what are you drinking?" They're like, uh, "Humble pie." That's what I'm using asking. My, using my ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm using my drink voucher. If you want a club soda, it didn't come uh, with alcohol. Or poor Michael with the food that he had to eat from the gym. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, food vouchers. Yeah, oh my vouchers. goodness. <clears throat> now, in in your pursuit for comedy. Mm-hmm. Who who had been your biggest supporter? Um, well, I got to say my my wife has been very kind to me because mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have this in your personal lives, but I'm always working because okay. I work in entertainment. I'm mm-hmm. always kind of at, at a certain level. My wife calls it like a perform. I'm always performing. I'm always in a little character. Yeah. And then I'll get home and like the timbre of my voice will drop by an octave because I'm not <laughs> trying to be heard and I'm not trying to project. Yeah. When when I can make my wife laugh at home, mm-hmm. that's when I know a joke is perfect. That's yeah. when I know a joke is funny. Because the people who are out there on the trolleys, they're ready to have a good time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Most of the things that I say to them are going to be funny because I'm just at that level. But if I can look over to her and, you know, say a joke about what I saw on TV or you yeah. know, if I look over to her and like just make a little noise and she giggles, yeah. Yeah. that's when I know I'm really being funny. That's when I know it's mm-hmm. not just coming you know, kind of out of the blue. I, I have to agree. Uh, having, having Rachel laugh is one of, is one of the most favorite things I get to do. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, they're, they're a fantastic plus one. Mm-hmm. So, Oh no, continue. No, well, I was actually going to say, um, my wife is actually, she and I met, we're both theater people. She's a professional stage manager and I'm a professional nice. actor. And that's how we met. We were working a show together. Yeah. Um, so when we do the comedy show, she actually runs all the techs and all the boards for me. We do like full tech rehearsals before the shows yeah. go up and which is incredible. I don't know. If, I don't know what your wives do or, you yeah. know, if they're, you know, I'm not very organized or very put together. Oh, yeah, at all. No, I'd be lost without her. Yeah. yeah no. I'm just raw talents. And yep. even then, mostly just the raw part. Um, <laughs> and she <laughs> literally, we were we were doing a show called Rocky Horror Picture Show. And oh, yeah. she oh, yeah. she said, Asher, go to stage left. I said, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She said, Don't talk to me like that. I said, Okay. <laughs> I, I, I call her the warden every once in a while. She, she doesn't like that too. No, nah, she thought she thinks it's cute every once in a while but that is not she doesn't want me to she doesn't want people to think i'm whipped i mean it's true but she doesn't want people to think that i I tell rachel all the time who you see on this couch is not who i am out in that real world oh absolutely not absolutely not and it's nice because you don't have to be funny for her you know you don't have to be funny for your wife 
So when you are, it's great, but you also don't feel like you have to perform for them, which is really, really nice. Because sometimes you do just want to sit there and, you know, just watch TV and watch like something like watch like Family Guy or something and not be too intellectual about it. (laughs) Just look at it and a whole bunch of what? (laughs) Look at all the pretty colors. Man, I love those colors. Oh goodness! Well, absolutely no, no selfish plugs. What, what else do you do? You have in your future or any aspirations? Oh well, I mean, I want to be so famous that Oprah comes out of retirement for me. That's the real dream. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how y'all, how old y'all are, but I'm about 27. So yeah. every day, my my mom would drive us home from school. She would start making dinner and the little TV in the kitchen would have Oprah playing. (laughs) And so to this day, the pinnacle of fame is being on Oprah in my mind. Like it's just having Oprah say my name. (laughs) That's that's the thing. You're famous, but are you Oprah famous? Are you Oprah said my name? Oprah knows me. Maybe just Gail knows me. Like maybe Oprah doesn't have to, but Gail knows me. And so I get like an offhand mention. Every once in a while she says it. She's like, Kale was listening to Asher the other day, but um, one of the projects I do currently have going, uh, it's at the bottom of my little screen here. I also run a little podcast. I just started um, last last winter. It's really, really nice. We get winters kind of off up here in Door yeah. County. So I've been focusing on uh, like history. So like horrible parts of history, because I do think a lot of people think history is boring. And yeah. it for sure is if you focus on the Battle of Verdun and, yeah. Yeah. you know, the things that nobody cares about. But there are so many very cool stories. Like, did you know that Hitler had a terrible farting problem? <laughs> I wish I knew that before. No, what? no, 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 dude. I listened to this episode. This is the episode that I got stuck on, and it started glitch out in the car. And all I could hear, all I could hear was, yes, the the title, the beginning, of the title. That's all I got to hear. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, long story short. Um, Hitler in his early days, right? He's a young politician starts to develop this stomach problem where he is passing gas a lot frequently. It smells really bad and it's causing him problems. Like he can't finish speeches. He can't attend state dinners. (laughs) And I mean, I, maybe this is where some of that unresolved anger comes from, but possibly he eventually meets this doctor who is this full quack. He meets him at a Christmas party and um, the doctor is like, oh, man, I can cure your farting problem for you. Gives him these little over-the-counter pills. Like, But he imagine like you go to the like pharmacy and you get a bunch of like Tums, but you just scrub the label off and then write like, you know, uh, Charles special anti-fart pills. And so this doctor's like, I made you this special medicine. It's going to make you feel better. Here you go. And it works because it's like psychosomatic. These, the placebo um, effect. Yeah, the placebo <laughs> effect works. Hitler, like his his stress level goes down for a little bit. And so he stops farting so much. Yeah. And Hitler goes, you're my man for the rest of the time. You cured my farts. You're the best doctor I've ever met. And takes him all the way to the end. This quack oh doctor God. who fed him like basically over-the-counter fart pills is in the bunker with him yeah. as he really? and Ava Braun are preparing to like, you know, end it as the russians yeah. are approaching yeah and, and by this time this doctor who is trying to keep this absolutely merciless insane dictator alive at this point is just pumping him full of like cocaine and like wow. all sorts of weird chemicals codeine all sorts of fun things are going into hitler at this point he's taking cocaine eye drops like oh man wow. like what no, no, no. Like, skipping the mucous membranes in the nose straight into the eyeballs let's do the coke um God. and 
and, and so many doctors around Hitler tried to get this quack separated from him. He fired a lot of really respectable doctors because they dared question this man who was kind of in his inner circle. Also, you know, strange. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. no, no, no. Strange fact. Rocket. No, just a strange fact about this doctor. He reportedly had terrible hygiene. Yeah. Um, you know, he apparently he smelled really bad. Like even Ava Braun was like, Hitler, darling, um, I love you so much. This doctor you have is a very stinky man. Um, <laughs> please, could you ask him to wash? And he apparently, Hitler apparently said, I do not employ him because of his odor. I employ him to look after my health. <laughs> oh, not looking goodness. after his own. The yeah, old absolutely. gastro doctor. Yeah. <laughs> the more we find out about Hitler, the more I ask, how? how, how like, that, the timeline's there, yada, 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 but... How did this idiot do what he did? And so many people just oh, there's that con- there's that conspiracy that he found the staff or whatever it was, King Solomon's tomb or oh, something. Yeah. Like that's oh, yeah. the whole reason that he like people followed him is because he had that. I'm just uh, saying, I'm just saying this, I've heard that before. I've heard at this before. point, I, mean, I would have to believe it. I mean, yeah, oh I mean, goodness. if I were farting constantly, I would need some sort of ancient Templar relic to keep <laughs> yes. people following me around. It's oh like, ignore God. the smell. Look, it's what shiny, it, shiny. Yes, Ava was waving it around. That's how she got the smell away from her face. What's that noise every time you walk? <laughs> They're new shoes. <laughs> it's wearing the mandals. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. No, with Hitler, I, I think it, I mean, of course it is. But once you get put into a position of power and you start making propaganda about you, like there's a couple of layers of people around you who kind of know what you're like. Yeah. But you know, fourth or fifth level ranked Nazi officers have probably never even met Hitler or at least had briefly. And so you get this huge image of this, you know, godlike being this incredible man, right? Whereas, you know, a hundred miles away in this little castle, there's a little with a bad mustache walking around farting. You know, all over. We must get these floors fixed. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's you know, I mean, that's how you get all these big powerful figures. You know yeah, what I mean? Like absolutely. Marilyn Monroe, incredible. Probably mm-hmm. didn't look like that all the time. You know oh, what I mean? Probably. She probably had some days mm-hmm. where she like you know put her hair up in a bun, didn't put any makeup on, and sat around her slippers. Yeah, just some amazing stuff. So now you had mentioned with this podcast that you yes. that you run it in the wintertime and you're obviously busy in the summertime. Do you, do you still uh, attempt to push content out um, throughout the year? Oh, these poor people trapped on a trolley with me for two and a half hours while <laughs> I give them a ghost tour. I'm thinking about writing my own commercials and just having it play over the speakers in the trolley. Like <laughs> the best audience is a trapped audience. I'm like a cruise ship comedian. You can't get away, so you might as well laugh. Like, <laughs> right. that, that's so funny. <laughs> cruise ship comedian. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's no not an open bar, but you can't go anywhere. <laughs> but uh, no, no. I, yeah. At the end of, I mean, the reason I got into it is because one of the other drivers actually. Don't 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 tell him I said this. I know we're recording, but don't tell him I said this. Um, of course. Of course. <laughs> One of the other drivers actually wrote a romance novel. Um, And when I say a romance novel, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see. But (laughs) I mean, I mean, a self insert, like barely, barely romance kind of into like smut novel. And then he promotes it on the trolley rides and a lot of little old ladies who are divorced buy it. 
And I was like, look, if this guy can get away with selling fanfic he wrote about himself. Sex capades. <laughs> I don't know about sex capades. It's more like she and I retired to the bedroom, cut to black. The next morning we're enjoying a breakfast where she told me I did a good job kind of escapades, you know. But I was like, if he can get away with this, boy, howdy, could I make a podcast about whiskey fires? You know, I'm sure I could pull that off. Oh yes, uh, I, you know it, and that's super funny on on many life paths. I'm I'm on the end of this lawyer law school train, and the Oof. beginning of it started with YouTube videos titled "Shit My Lawyer Said." <laughs> After about ten minutes of watching that, I'm like, close my computer, called a University of Phoenix, and was like, if these motherfuckers can become a lawyer, anybody can become a lawyer. <laughs> You gotta stop talking about it because people are gonna find out that you rode that train and they're not gonna want to follow you on it. I, if I have, if I have learned anything in the short twenty-seven years I've been alive, it is to believe in the incompetence of people. Yes, oh the great God. incompetence is the one thing you can rely upon. Oh my goodness! That's See, not I'm, I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> We're hoping there's a lot of people <laughs> that listen to the podcast that just they. They're just clickers. They're just clickers. Click and subscribe. I like to we make we make the photos look nice and pretty and shiny, and they, they point up. Not to be not to be crude about it, but idiocracy got so many things right about this country and this culture. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There it is. It's click and subscribe. God dang, there it is. Boop, boop. You got it. Snapchat, Snapchat filters. I'm telling you, it's the only reason I look this good on camera. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So flipped backwards, but yeah, uh, idiocracy. Absolutely, y'all know the story on the Crocs from idiocracy, he was, right? He was yeah, just yeah, on yeah. talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't the Crocs from idiocracy. They were the stupidest shoe the designer could think of. Yeah. And then they became so massively popular. Yeah, the, and the, the director even said they're like, are, are, are you sure? Like this ain't gonna this ain't gonna grow up big, right? Like mm -hmm. we're, we're not gonna get in trouble down the road. And and the uh the I don't want to say, but the clothes administer will say, mm -hmm. yeah, no, there's no way that these are ever gonna kick off. <laughs> and here we are. I mean, they started in the prisons first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they made I mean, their way. I mean, I mean, I get the why they have them in prisons. I mean, and they are comfortable shoes. I had a guy, I was in Boy Scouts when I was a kid, and there was a guy who wore them. He wore them hiking. He wore them swimming. He wore them in the shower because they were, they did literally everything and they were comfortable. Yeah. And if he broke them, they were like, what, 20 bucks to replace? He get right. another pair. It's so practical. Yeah. yeah. I never he could scoop that low. But he loved battle. One of us wound up buying Crocs first, and which will mm. allow the other one then to get the Crocs. <laughs> I don't know who's gonna break. I almost, I almost broke a couple months ago. So we'll see what happens. You would be golfing it. I mean, like, see you doing that. Well, I never liked it because every once in a while he would take his shoes off by the fire, and I would see like he wasn't wearing socks underneath them, and I would see how grody and nasty his feet <laughs> yeah. look. And maybe it's just me. I've got like you know how some people have a foot fetish. I have an anti-foot thing. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, and I, I just the idea of like dust and dirt and rocks in. I know shoes. my feet are ugly. Yeah, <laughs> I know feet I are not to cool to me. I have like mm -mm. like webbed feet for some yeah. reason. I got you know? my I got that little better. 
I got the oh yeah, I swim great. I'm. Also. I don't know if you can tell from my yeah. picture. I'm a large man. I float very well. <laughs> well. Large. <laughs> I am buoyant as heck, use, my dude. You use the webs to. to yeah. Put, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got little paddles down there. It's great. Yeah. It's very shape of water. <laughs> well, well, Asher, Pat, do you have anything else that you want to you want to ask them? Anything know? coming up that you want to plug? I mean, yeah, I know you got your uh, you got another open mic coming up soon. I saw that on there. You've been uh, posting that quite a bit. Uh, just give me all your links and stuff too. If there's anything you want to plug at the end here, let me know and just roll with it. Oh yeah, no worries. I definitely want to plug that show coming up on the 27th. Uh, we'd love to have any performers. If you know some performers that would like to come up, we want more people. Um, we get a huge amount of people from out of town that come to Ooh. these shows because oh, yeah. these bachelorettes want something to do. But we just want people to come up and enjoy. If you wouldn't mind, if you want to listen to the podcast, we got some great episodes. The episode yeah. I'll point you to first is the uh, Whiskey Pigs episode. Okay. Um, there was a great whiskey fire in Dublin. Um, a whiskey warehouse exploded and a river of whiskey ran oh, through the town on fire. No one died of smoke inhalation, burns, or fire. 13 people died of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there it is. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so, I mean, if you if you want to go, if you want to get a, yeah. a taste of what we do, that's one of the best episodes to hop in on. And you can also just follow me on Facebook and see what else I do. That's where I'm going to post all of my news. Most of the people that come up to Door County are elderly, so Facebook has really turned into the medium I'll be communicating with. Which is so, which is so crazy. Six or seven years ago, you, wouldn't, you, you couldn't explain Facebook. Mm -hmm. Now it's the only way to talk to them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they love it. They love it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, awesome. Thank you, Asher. Thank you so much for your time. This has been a fantastic conversation. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Well, and we'll get all that information as we pass this out. And we wish you and your family the very best, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting me on. Any ex any excuse to hear my own voice, voice repeated back to me, truly. So, <laughs> wow. absolutely. It's out there Thank forever so now. Thank you. <laughs>